0: live from San Diego, California. We go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's nerd. Happy June everyone. It's me, your host Nick. We are seven days into June. And a few days away from major gaming conferences, uh, showcases, whatever you want to call them. Technically, E3 would have been this upcoming weekend. Obviously, it's not happening anymore. Sony already had their state of play. Xboxes this weekend. Capcom's got one coming up. Pretty wild that, that there's no E3, right? So... We're not going to do like a what I expected E3 this year because there's nothing to expect. Um, I don't really have any major things for the Xbox showcase other than I'm pretty sure they're going to show off Forza, Fable, and Starfield. And Starfield's of course getting its own showcase right after so nothing crazy there. But we have a fun show today. But before I get into the major topics or anything like that, uh, just a reminder Thank you guys for following week in week out. Of course, uh, we are on social media where you guys can follow us for updates on the show every week. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Nick's Nerd News, and I have a personal TikTok that I post about the show on. That is under the Nick Defalco. You guys can check that out. I also post some other fun stuff on the TikTok as well. Uh, you know, yeah, steal stealing my information. It's like I don't have any information that. They want <laughs> um, <laughs> to make a fun joke. I, I don't know. Um, also, check out NicksterNews.com. Of course, you guys can listen to the show on your browser. You can find links to all of our podcast pages where you guys can follow, subscribe on your preferred platform of choice. You know, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the like. All those places. Check it out on the website. Uh, you guys won't be disappointed. Also... Uh, I have no update. I don't know why I said also. <laughs> anyway, that's fun. Uh, some of the top stories. So the MetaQuest 3 was announced literally the day after last week's episode. So new, new VR headset coming from Meta later this year. Which means a price cut f- came back for the MetaQuest 2 after it had gone up. Uh, Also, I did see Across the Spider-Verse, so I will have a review for you at the end of today's episode. Make sure you guys stick around to see what my thoughts are on Across the Spider-Verse. And then, of course, we got a new trailer for Ahsoka today, finally giving us a release date of August 23rd for Ahsoka on Disney+. Uh, We knew it was coming in August, but now we know for a fact it's August 23rd, 2023, Oh, look at that. Some some similar date numbers there. That's fun. Anyway, why don't we not waste time on anything else, and we'll get right into the episode, shall we? So, video game news. Like I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, the Meta Quest 3 was announced by Meta at their VR showcase, essentially, that they had on Thursday. So, obviously an update over the Meta Quest 2. It will feature a next-gen Qualcomm chipset, twice the graphics performance of the Quest 2, and uh, it's Mark Zuckerberg is calling it the, quote, most powerful headset yet, unquote. It will launch this fall for $499.99, so $500. Uh, no word yet on its size or anything like that. It will be compatible with Quest 2 games and will have a 40% slimmer optic profile compared to the Quest 2. Uh, they have quote-unquote, completely redesigned the controllers so they'll have a more streamlined and er- ergonomic form factor, quote-unquote. So the Quest 2, like I said, comes at a new price, uh, is getting a new price cut of $299.99 for the 128 gig model and $349.99 for the 256 gig model. No, like I said, no word yet on what size... Uh, you know, memory will be in the Quest 3. So, it is going to be more powerful. The Quest 2 and Quest Pro will receive new software updates to increase performance of those VR headsets. Uh, They said it will see a 26% CPU performance increase and 19% GPU increase for the Quest 2, 11% for the Quest Pro, so they can update those via software. They did also... Um, announce more details will come at their Connect conference in September, so we'll learn more about the Quest 3 then. Uh, we've also learned that the Quest 2 will continue to be supported by Meta. So they recently ended support for the Quest, the original Quest, um, but they did say that they will continue support for, quote unquote, for quite a while. So that means they're not going to give up on it just yet. Uh, like I mentioned, they will be giving an update to give it a boost, so, there's no reason to give up on it. Plus, a lot of people, um, a lot of people get, uh, adopted it compared to the original. Uh, they also said that quote mixed reality and high power titles, unquote may start to tar- target the Quest 3. So, not everything will come out for both, uh, but a majority of things will continue to be supported on the Quest 2. So, if you do have one, you might not necessarily need to run out and get the the three when it drops. So that's a lot from Meta. Like I said, they also had their Quest showcase showing off some new games. I'm not going to go over all of them, but just some of the ones I thought were cool. Assassin's Creed VR is now Assassin's Creed Nexus VR. Asgard's Wrath, which if you're watching the NBA Finals, go heat. You're probably seeing a lot of commercials for. Uh, NFL Pro Era is getting a sequel for the Quest. Uh, Stranger Things VR, Ghostbusters VR... Rocket Club, a new ho- um, a new tennis game, Attack on Titan is getting a VR, as is Bullet Storm. So those are all coming to the Quest two and three at some point in the near future. We've learned that while Alan Wake two is not getting a full physical release, we are going to get a thermos from the game, Remedy Entertainment. So is going to sell a collectible thermos instead of a physical version of the game which i i just remedy is finished um it is a oh dear diner thermos based on the diner from the game and will uh yeah it's gonna go on sale later this year i don't know why they're doing a thermos instead of the game <laughs> i know why people are mad because it's a thermos who uses a thermos like that in 2023. Anyway, so Redfall, the Xbox exclusive that made people question a lot of Xbox's motives over the last few months, we've learned that was essentially doomed to fail. Microsoft, we have learned. So Jason Schreier, who works for Bloomberg now, he used to work for, uh, used to work for Kotaku. Literally has like the best scoops in gaming wrote books about, you know, game development and, and all the tumultuous stories that we've learned over the years about different studios, we've now learned that Microsoft essentially let Redfall go out into the world knowing full well what was going on. Bethesda knew this even before Microsoft bought them. So we've learned that uh, after speaking to several anonymous sources that have been confirmed, Redfall like I said, was doomed to fail. So, Arcane, at least two years before Redfall, uh, had been worked on before the acquisition last year, or the year before, staff wanted it rebooted as a single player game or cancelled altogether. When uh, the push for multiplayer came from Zenimax, the, the parent company apparently. So, that led to... A lot of people um, working from a single player game to a multiplayer game, not knowing that. So by the end of Redfall's development, almost 70% of Arcane's staff that had been working on it had left the studio. So a lot of people just left over the development of, of Redfall. Um, applicants that were brought in were passionate about single-player games because that's what Arcane was known for. You know, dishonored. The prey remake, a death loop. these these are all single player experiences um, and not multiplayer experts. So you have people who don't know multiplayer working on a multiplayer game. So a claim was made by quote unquote, perpetually understaffed, unquote, uh, a team of under a hundred people. So it was uh, like I said, a lot of people have said the game is just, it's, it's not as terrible as the internet wants you to think, but it's not good either. So, the, the studio apparently lacked direction, developers were stuck making strange decisions, management would switch reference points, saying it would be like Far Cry or Borderlands or different games. Microsoft apparently took a very hands-off approach Uh, When it comes to Bethesda. Even though they own Bethesda. And it is under the Xbox Studios banner. They don't necessarily. They kind of let Bethesda and ZeniMax do their own thing. uh, To a point. It's not like Bungie and and Sony. Where Bungie. Despite being owned by Sony. Bungie is allowed to completely operate separately. Um, They literally took a very hands off approach. And spent all their energy kind of focused on Starfield. For obvious reasons. Um, you know we know Phil Spencer took like it personally. Saying it was his fault about Redfall. A lot of people are, are blaming Xbox in general. When in reality it looks like. This was more on Bethesda. Than it was on Xbox. Um, again this is a report from Jason Schreier. You guys can go look at it. I kind of see both sides to it. I, I can see. Maybe Xbox should have canceled it, but then, then they'd be blamed for not having games as per usual. Uh, but then now they're getting blamed for releasing dog shit, which again, it's a double edged sword, right? Gamers can, <laughs> gamers can never fucking be happy. I will say that. Um, that's nuts, if you ask me. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it's it's not a video game news week without having a news story about. Activision Blizzard, is it? Kind of have to have one all the time. Well, despite Bobby Kotick, head of Activision Blizzard, saying there was no harassment or foul things going on at at Activision Blizzard, we've now learned that at least 29 harassment incidents have uh, come to light after Kotick's, quote, no systematic issue, unquote, comment. So, via its inaugural transparency report that was released, it received and investigated 114 reports of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation filed by employees in the year 2022. Out of those incidents, investigators substantiated 29 of them, some of which involved multiple employees. So, despite what Kodak said, it is going on. And 29 is a lot, if you ask me. It's 29 too many. There should be zero. Realistically, zero. I know in reality it's never going to be zero. It's probably going to be one, to one or two small single-digit numbers. Twenty-nine is an outrageous amount, um, and it, like I said, the report was published publicly at the request of stockholders, and this comes after Kodak's interview with Variety claiming nothing was going on. Um, it, it just it goes in the face of Kodak, and this is why Kodak should not be left in charge of Activision Blizzard when, if and when, the Microsoft acquisition goes through. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, that's a matter of when at this point, in my opinion, I, I don't... I could, it could fail. I don't know. Only two countries are really blocking it. But Kodak does need to be removed once that deal finalizes. Uh, Nintendo has finally shut down its eShop in Russia... Um, not sure why it took so long. A lot of people are upset about that, but it's finally happening. So it did. Square Enix has finally opened up about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the sequel to the Final Fantasy VII remake. So it's it's part two because they they've split up Final Fantasy Seven its remake into several games. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is still expected sometime this year. Uh, no official release date has been given. It is going to be I, I guess more open world the way they're describing it. it's it's a lot bigger, a lot more um, places to explore. Uh, and then also more intimate battles with new with new people to, to come in and, and help you, uh, new companions. Uh, obviously, we're still very have very little details on the game, but it is expected, Again, sometime in 2023. So that's two Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy games in 2023, with Final Fantasy 16 releasing very soon. So, uh, did that. Valve. uh, Last week, we reported on Valve removing the Dolphin emulator from Steam, and many thought it had been at the request of Nintendo. Well, in reality, it was Valve who reached out to Nintendo to alert them. So, the Wii and GameCube emulator Dolphin was supposedly supposed to come out on Steam, but then was removed, and uh, The Verge has obtained emails that Valve is the one who went to Nintendo. Um, They wanted to prevent themselves from getting into legal trouble for distributing the emulator, as Nintendo is very litigious, and... Nintendo has called Dolphin a quote-unquote illegal emulator because it uses cryptographic keys that aren't authorized by Nintendo. Uh, They also cite DMCA Section 1201, which specifically states that companies cannot publish technologies that are, quote, primarily designed or produced for the purpose of circumventing a technological measure that effectively controls access to a work protected under this title, unquote. So... Valve, um, like I said, Valve reached out. Nintendo could have sued Valve if Valve allowed it to stay on Steam. So they uh, did follow up by speaking with The Verge saying, quote, cease distributing the material until the parties tell Valve that they have resolved their dispute, unquote. So again, because of Nintendo's litigiousness, they decided to prevent the emulator from releasing on Steam. No surprise there. We've learned that Spider-Man 2, which is expected in fall 2023, will have a map that is twice the size of the first game's map. So it looks like they are adding at least Queens and potentially Brooklyn. We already know we already had most of Manhattan in the first game, so it'll be nice to have more places to web around. Street Fighter 6 has launched and broken multiple records. They've hit a million players in its first weekend. They broke a Steam record for fighting games. It, uh, let me see, most played fighting game of all time by concurrent player account at 9 a.m. on its first day of release. So the other numbers: Mortal Kombat 11 had 35,000, Tekken 7, 8, 19,000, Mortal Kombat 10, 15,000. Street Fighter V, 15,000, give or take. So, straight up, just bro- breaking all records with Street Fighter Six. It is doing very well. It already hit a million players on its first day, or a million copies sold. Again, wild. And the only contention, though, is in regards to its DLC and Ultimate Pass. So... The Ultimate Pass, which costs fifty dollars, uh, which did launch alongside the game itself, uh, has a negative user review rating on Steam. But the main reason is that you can buy it, but none of the the uh, DLC fighters um, are available yet. So <laughs> it it it's it's interesting. They uh, Some people thought the stuff would come right away. It is a season pass. I, I'm a little confused how... I haven't read it. I haven't looked into it. So I, I can maybe see why people would be angry. But season passes usually mean not right away. I don't know. A lot of people are up in arms right now. As the promised DLC uh, for... Knights of the Old Republic 2, which would restore content that was supposed to come out for the Nintendo Switch, has been cancelled by Aspire Media. So Aspire has announced that they have cancelled the restored content DLC, which was expected to come out this year. They put out a statement saying, quote, Sadly, today we're announcing that the restored content DLC for the Nintendo Switch version of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, will not be moving forward for release. Unquote. So, they are refunding players who bought the game specifically for that purpose. So, you can get a, a complimentary game in return. Those complimentary games include the first Knights of the Old Republic, The Force Unleashed, Republic Commando, Star Wars Episode One Racer, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, or the Steam version of Knights of the Old Republic 2. So, those are... All available. You have to go to support.aspire.com, though, if you would like to get a key for one of those free games. So, the original Restored Content DLC was started as a fan volunteer effort to mod in missing content. The game famously launched launched without a proper ending or a lot of things. Um, Aspire said they were going to start working on it um, back in 2015. So, we're going on seven, eight years now. And they are still allegedly working on a remake of the original game, despite being paused potentially by Lucasfilm. But no word yet on if Saber Interactive picked it up from Aspire or not. It's all in flux in regards to the Knights of the Old Republic realm of the Star Wars universe. EA has uh, started talking a lot of uh, about Madden 24 today. We got a new trailer, crossplay, and Josh Allen is the cover athlete. Uh, we've also learned that they want to add Nike's Dot Swoosh NFTs. So, oh, they're not going to be in it. Sorry, there was a new update. There is no deal to have NFTs in the game, but they have signed a deal with Nike to add virtual creations um, similar to blockchain stuff in the game. First off, blockchain still going on? I thought that was all collapsing and crumbling around us. I am i haven't heard the word NFT in probably six weeks. So, so when, it was very shocking to see this article pop up. And I'm like, NFTs? That, that survived the, the bloodbath of the last few months? Jesus. Uh, EA has issued a statement saying, "quote uh, It was simply looking into bringing Nike's swoosh digital items into EA Sports games with unique player utility. Uh, EA is Sports is not offering NFTs. We're collaborating with Nike to look at how we can bring their unique swoosh digital items into future EA Sports experiences with unique player utility." Unquote. So, I don't know what Nike's Virtual Studios is, but. I I don't know. Sounds like a way to scam people out of money. But NFTs, wow. Um, Diablo 4 has launched and and people have already hit a 100. Someone hit hardcore level 100 but had their character permadeathed because they disconnected from the server. Uh, But it looks like a lot of people are having fun with that despite the high cost of cosmetics and things like that in the store. But the season pass has yet to launch, so we don't know what costs will be or if they're similar to what Activision does with Call of Duty. So, But it's not like when Diablo 3 launched where people were selling real uh, items necessary for the game in their store. Sony Boss has come out and uh, downplayed Cloud Gaming, which should wake the CMA up, if you ask me. But, so, Jim Ryan... Um, Oh, no, sorry. Sony Chief Executive Kenichiro Kenichiro Yoshida, speaking with the Financial Times, said that, uh, quote, I think cloud itself is an amazing business model, but when it comes to games, the technical difficulties are high. So there will be challenges to cloud gaming, but we want to take on those challenges, unquote. He's essentially downplaying... um, He's downplaying, like, the risk of cloud gaming. He followed up by saying, quote, The dark time for cloud gaming had been an issue for Microsoft as well as Google, but it was meaningful that we were able to use those quieter hours for AI learning. Unquote. So, you know, the CMA was like, oh, Microsoft can't buy Activision because of cloud gaming. And here you have their biggest competitor, who was, Sony was crying the most, was like yeah we're not too worried about cloud gaming as most people shouldn't be because cloud gaming is nowhere near nowhere near the level yeah, I've tried it a lot of people don't like it people gotta have great internet like it, it it's it's um it's not what some people might have you believe I'll say that so earlier we mentioned the MetaQuest 3 was announced. Well, Apple followed that up, yes Apple, by announcing their rumored AR headset is finally a reality. The Apple Vision Pro, expected to launch next year for $3,500. $3,500. Yes, you heard me correctly. $3,500 for an AR headset. Who the fuck is this for? The Internet has provided excellent memes for it. it. It, Yes, it's an AR headset, so it's mixed reality. You can also switch to VR. But a lot of people are like, what in the hell? And funnily enough, it knocked $85 billion off Apple's stock price, uh, uh, valuation. $85 billion gone over the announcement of a $3,500 AR headset, augmented reality. They said Disney Plus is coming day one, showed off fancy AR menus and things, and it's like, why, why? AR is cool. Is it the future? Potentially. Um, Does it have a lot of practical uses? Not really, as per evidence with the Microsoft's Hololens, right? Hololens was an enterprise device, meaning not really for the general populace. It was meant mainly for uh, governments or or businesses. I mean, they they sold it to the military first, obviously. But I don't think AR is ready for mainstream. I don't think it will look anything like what Apple showed off in their preview event. So it 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 remains to be seen how many people will actually buy. A $3,500 headset device. I'll be shocked. The rest of the AR and VR world is literally laughing at them right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Capcom has announced that they will be having a gaming showcase on Monday. To announce, obviously, new games. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Diablo 4, we're going to go back to that for a second. Uh, Blizzard has announced it will be getting two, at least two expansions are in the works. And it has become the fastest selling Blizzard game of all time. No surprise there. Microsoft has been charged $20 million in a fine by the FTC over, quote, illegally connected, unquote, child information um, privacy. Uh, They will pay $20 million in fines after settling a legal dispute with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, in which it was found to have breached data protection laws. So, I didn't know this. So Microsoft had breached provisions laid out in the Child's Online Privacy Protection Act, also known as COPA. This law stipulates that online service providers must notify parents of their intentions and seek consent before they can collect and use the personal data of child children under the age of 13 via FTC press release uh, it says quote children were able to create an account to use Xbox services by entering details including their first and last names email addresses dates of birth and even their mobile numbers up until late 2021 into the online form so uh, they have settled and they will pay a 20 million dollar fine um that's interesting they retained the information even when parents did not complete the creation process, so which they didn't means they didn't consent. Um, and uh, it also says that Microsoft combined quote combined gamer tags and avatars of children under thirteen with unique persistent identifier created for all such accounts and could share this information with third party app or game developers unquote. So. Microsoft is claiming it to be a technical glitch. Um, They would save information for 14 days. But they have fixed the issue. I I just... Obviously, we all know what they were doing, right? They they weren't trying to harm kids. They were just trying to sell their data to make money off of them. Um, Which isn't better. But no surprise there. Uh, Speaking of Xbox... Non-Seagate expansion cards are now available for the Xbox Series S and X. Uh, they take, have taken the interesting approach to use proprietary, uh, not software, but hardware, essentially just modern-day memory cards that uh, at first were only made by Seagate for the last few years and cost a lot of money, are now available from Western Digital, who is a very reputable company, for a lot less cost, Uh, those are now available. You can pre-order them on Best Buy. But finally we have a second option um, available and those are required if you want to play games that have been set up for the Series S or X, if you wanna have the highest performance. So you can either have them saved to the internal hard drive or you have to have these memory cards essentially. Uh, Other external hardware devices don't have the same whatever architecture, whatever they call it. Um, so you can swap between an, a regular external and the internal, or you can get one of these and just have it plugged in and not have to worry about having a swap back and forth. Uh, Twitch has created a new terms of service, and creators are not happy. So much so that a lot are threatening to boycott ...as it limits their ability to make money on their own pages. Twitch has added restrictions for how ads can be shared or viewed on screen during a a live stream. And uh, these went into effect on... uh, These will go into effect on July 1st. And like I said, a lot of people are almost calling for a boycott. So, new guidelines for branded streams. So, according to the new rules, quote, on stream logos are to be shrunk to 3% of the screen size and burned-in video display and audio ads are no longer allowed. What is allowed on branded streams are channel page, panel ads, product placement, links in chat, discussing unboxing products, and playing sponsored games, unquote. So, uh, streamers will also be required to display a new disclosure when their stream contains branded content. Uh, this, If you do not follow these rules, Twitch will essentially levy disp- dis. Plenary actions against the account, including suspension. Um, mongold who is a MMO streamer, has tweeted for a boycott. Some have called for switching over to YouTube. Um, Kick or Rumble, which are other apps, I guess. I don't know the other two. Um. This is... Uh, he's not the only one. Um... Tips out co-founder of influencer network and media company OTK had similar statements. Um, it, it just they they can't sustain themselves right if they do that. Um, Twitch essentially apologized. Uh, they said, "quote We do not intend to limit streamers' ability to enter into direct relationships with sponsors, and we understand that this is an important part of how streamers earn revenue." We wanted to clarify existing ads policy that was intended to prohibit third-party ad networks from selling burned-in video and display ads on Twitch, which is consistent with other services. Um, they said, quote, we missed the mark with the policy language, and will rewrite the guidelines to be clearer. Thank you for sharing your concerns, and we appreciate the feedback. We'll notify the community once we have updated the language, unquote. Yeah, that's a, oh, fuck, We are about to lose a lot of money by losing top streamers. We better fix this. (laughs) Um, We've learned that Bioware, as they shift their focus onto the next Dragon Age and the next Mass Effect, are essentially handing off the reins of the old Republic work. So EA has worked out an agreement with uh, BroadSword Online Games... To take over development of the Old Republic. So it is a letter of intent. It hasn't exp- it hasn't fully gone through. Uh, it should be finalized probably by next month per the news. And uh, the Old Republic would be handed over to the team that works on Ultima Online and Dark Age of Camelot uh, at Broadsword. Which is headed by Mythic Entertainment co-founder and former Bioware VP Rob Denton. So, he actually worked on The Old Republic back when he was still at Bioware. So, um, EA released a statement saying, Quote, almost 12 years after launch, Star Wars The Old Republic remains a success and continues to grow its dedicated and passionate community. We're so proud of the work the team has done, and the future of the game and the community continues to be very bright. We're evaluating how we'll give the game and the team the best opportunity to grow and evolve, which includes conversations with Broadsword, a boutique studio that specializes in delivering online community-driven experiences. Our goal is to do what is best for the game and its players, unquote. Um, So right now, I I guess at Bioware, about 70 to 80 people work on the development of the game. Most of them are expected to move to Broadsword when it moves. Those who stay at EA have an opportunity to look for roles elsewhere within the company or face layoffs. Ooh, that's not good. So, they did announce the Old Republic will continue to see planned content updates, which includes patch 7.3 and a new PvP season, with more expected. Um, EA will still be the publisher. Bioware, however, like I said, will shift over uh, all of their focus on New Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Um, I still can't believe the Old Republic is that old. That's wild, man. Um... I wonder what's going to happen. I don't think any new expansions are coming out, but patches and things like that. Um, Angry Birds is getting a uh, animated show on Amazon Prime. And uh, was it uh, GameStop has fired their CEO. Looks like those stonks are really working out for everyone, huh? <laughs> Matthew Furlong has been fired. Uh, board Chairman Ryan Cohen has been named... Um, executive chairman so their first quarter earnings and uh, they didn't even hold a call to discuss them so uh, furlong's been with gamestop for about two years after working at amazon and uh, obviously the whole meme stock things like that uh he was f- the furlong was fired without cause per an sec filing no replacement was named and uh They said in the same SEC filing, quote, leadership transitions can be inherently difficult to manage and failure to timely or successfully implement transitions may cause disruption within the company, including execution of our transformational plans. This may adversely impact our financial performance and ability to meet operational goals and strategic plans, our ability to retain and hire other key members of management and the market price of our class A common stock, unquote. So... That, uh, ooh, the new guy, who is uh, Ryan Cohen, co-founded Chewy, which is where you can buy online pet food. So, he sold the company, though. But, uh, yeah, GameStop not doing too hot. And final bit of gaming news today is back to Apple. Apple has announced a new um, a porting toolkit to allow more games to head to Mac. Yes, that you heard that right. Apple wants more games on Mac and has created a toolkit to port said games over. So, it is called the Game Porting Toolkit. It is uh, meant to streamline the process of porting Windows games onto Mac computers. They said, quote, first, you can evaluate just how well your existing Windows game could run on Mac using the provided emulation environment. This lets you analyze your game's potential performance immediately, eliminating months of upfront work. Unquote. Um, they, uh, apparently, this is similar to Proton that Valve makes for you to be able to play games on Linux, um, which Steam OS is Linux based. <laughs> but I wonder how this will uh, work, um, especially since Apple is ditching Intel. Um, they're going to start making their own apps. Some games have come out for Mac OS: uh, Resident Evil Village, No Man's Sky. Blizzard was famous for releasing, releasing Starcraft on Mac, so it's interesting now that Apple, you know, wants to get into the gaming world. But my here's the thing: I don't know what kind of graphics cards are in Apple or Mac computers. I don't know, and I don't know. I guess it's an emulation. I don't know how that's going to affect it, but, (laughs) yeah. Um, Is Apple going to start putting graphics cards in their computers? I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to television, shall we? So, what's going on in the TV world? Well, Netflix has announced its Tadum event. Tadum. Tadum. I don't know. They're finally having it in person but it's going to be in Sao Paulo, of all places. Like, I get it. Brazil's a huge market, but I I don't know. Didn't they just do the password sharing crackdown in Brazil? Um, So that's going to happen this month on June 17th in person. Be on the lookout for news from that in the next few weeks on this podcast. Verizon has announced a new bundle that will include both Netflix and Paramount Plus with Showtime. And it will include Netflix's premium subscription. And uh, this is via Variety. And it it's quite expensive. So, the bundle, which US-based Verizon customers can get for $25.99 a month through the company's Plus Play subscription, subtracts $6 from the $32 you'd pay for them separately. So... Verizon said, "Quote with partners like Netflix and Paramount Plus with Showtime on Plus Play, we're leading the industry in offering customers the content they want in completely new formats with never-before-seen bundles they can't get anywhere else." Unquote. So, I uh, a lot of people, a lot of people were calling it cable again. They're just going back to cable. Um, it would be, it's like what what's going on. You know, we keep we we went away from cable only to have like a billion streaming services, and it's almost like we're getting back to that with these types of bundles. It's like maybe maybe um, maybe streaming needs to go, right? I, I don't necessarily want to have cable back, but maybe things like YouTube TV can take over in their place, or you know, Amazon Prime, where you can add. ...on all the different streaming services and have it all in one place. I I, I, I don't know, man. It's weird. Very weird. Uh, on the Disney Plus side of things, Rick Famuyiwa... I can't say his name to save my life... Uh, ...who is an executive producer on the series after directing a few episodes in the first season... ...has pretty much said that season four of Mando, of The Mandalorian, is, is all but given... Uh, it hasn't been officially announced or greenlit, but he's, he pretty much said it's happening. So, no surprise there, right? They, they kind of ended a bit on a cliffhanger with Season 3, so makes sense to continue that story. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Ahsoka, which drops August 23rd, we've now learned. In one of the trailers they also showed off, or a new image from the show, looks like the Inquisitors are back, which doesn't make any sense. Considering I think I thought all the Inquisitors were pretty much wiped out by the time of the original trilogy, which I didn't think there were any left. Um, and then we learned that we got a new trailer for Secret Invasion, which starts later this month. And then we've also learned that Disney is planning on cutting more content from Disney Plus. Uh, in All in an effort to save $1.5 billion and that uh, it's going to be continuing to review content to save money. I don't know, We haven't, they haven't said what's going to be on the chopping block or what's going to get removed, but it's coming. Um, the company as a whole wants to cut back $5.5 billion in costs. They've already announced plans to lay off 7,000 employees. Uh, we'll have a story on that in a little bit in regards to the movie side of things. Um, but it looks like they're going to be cutting even more content from Disney+. Plus. It looks like the, the Writers Guild of America strike has claimed another victim, at least temporarily. Joel McHale was being interviewed and said they were literally ready to start rolling on the community movie. But due to the writer strike... That has been put on pause. So if we still get the community movie this year, I'll be surprised. But it s- sounds like it may slip to 2024. Um, the Black Mirror creator, who uh, this is, and this is a very Black Mirror thing, Charlie Booker, asked Chat GPT to write an episode of Black Mirror. He was talking with Empire Magazine. Saying, quote, I've toyed around with chat GPT a bit. The first thing I did was type, generate Black Mirror episode, and it comes up with something that at first glance reads plausibly, but on second glance is shit. Um, All it's done is look up all the synopses of Black Mirror episodes and sort of mush them together. Then if you dig a bit more deeply, you go, oh, there's not actually any real original thought here. It's 1970s impressionist Mike Yarwood, Yarwood. There's, top, there's a topical reference. I was aware that I'd written lots of episodes where someone goes, Oh, I was inside a computer the whole time. So I thought, I'm just going to check out any sense of what I think a Black Mirror episode is. There's no point in having an anthology show if you can't break your own rules. Just sort of nice, cold glass of water in the face, unquote. So, it's funny, because obviously studios are trying to leverage AI in the fight with the Writers Guild of America over the strike, and it as it, as of right now if you use chat gpt which i've only dabbled in it once i know people that have spent a lot of other more time on it and yes it can put out some interesting things and look real but at the end of the day it's just regurgitating right it can't think fully can't it fully can't think for itself it regurgitates things and it still comes off as very robotic it doesn't sound right um, and obviously if it's going to write tv It's never going to be original. It's always just going to pull from the internet and amalgamate what it thinks would be right for this. Um, uh, Someone would call it soulless. So the fact that the Black Mirror creator did it, like I said, it's very Black Mirror. But again, it just proves that AI cannot write TV. It is not the future of TV or writing in general. So let's all calm down in general on, on how this might work. And it looks like uh, Disney Plus and Netflix won't be the only streaming service to switch to an ad-supported tier. As rumors are swirling that Amazon may add an ad-supported tier to Amazon Prime Video now as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, That's it kind of for TV, really. Uh, Not a whole lot. I recently got into Netflix's Barbecue Showdown. If you haven't watched that, it's great. Especially if you love barbecue. Makes me want to smoke meat makes me want to get a smoker Um, (laughs) but that is it for TV right now let's head on over to the other side of Hollywood and see how things are shaping up in the movie world so quite a bit of movie news before we get to the review of spider-man across the spider-verse we've learned that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is uh, so he is back in the fast franchise after appearing Uh, In a mid credit stinger in Fast X. Uh, It has been announced, though, that he will be getting a second standalone movie in the Fast Saga. A Hobbs movie, if you will. uh, Set in between Fast X and Fast X Part 2. So yes, they're making another Hobbs movie. That will tie into Fast X before we get Fast 11 or Fast X Part 2. Oh, man, this franchise is, is ballooning very quickly. Um, Taika Waititi got very candid about his Star Wars film, saying he's written a beginning and an end, but he's still trying to find a middle for it. So, I don't know when that movie's coming, but Taika's having some writer's block, it seems like. No surprise there. I Don't, don't rush it, Taika. Do not rush it. That's all I'm asking. Anyway, uh... Oppenheimer is going to be Christopher Nolan's first rated R movie in nearly 20 years. That's wild that it, he hasn't made another rated. I think, what, the last one would have been Memento, then, I think. That's crazy. Um, as I stated earlier, the Writers Guild of America strike is ongoing. The SAG AFTRA, the, the Actors Guild, essentially, Screen Actors Guild, has voted to authorize a strike as well, um, essentially in unity with the Writers Guild of America strike that does not mean that the actors are going on strike it just means that they are going to have talks with the producers guild as well so it looks like hollywood might come to a screeching halt very soon no surprise there as a lot of things are happening because of streaming because of ai because of of just how things are playing out in hollywood in terms of stuff being cut from streaming and and revenues going to Wall Street and not dividends and and um checks going to actors and writers who should be getting their um, residuals right so it it it's there's no surprise really but we'll see what happens the directors guild is their contract is up as well but the directors guild has not gone on strike in nearly in over 30 years so don't expect a, a directors guild strike. Uh, James Wan was being interviewed about Aquaman, uh, the sequel, obviously. The uh, uh, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. And someone asked him about what's going on with the new DC Universe and James Gunn's takeover. And uh, they asked how it would impact pre-existing DC projects. James Wan, speaking with The Hollywood Reporter, said that, quote... I've had to make adjustments all along the way. The DCU has been through lots of different versions, and one of the things that was challenging about this film was keeping track of what's going on. Fortunately, the Aquaman universe is pretty far removed from the rest of the world. We're going to many different underwater kingdoms that are not necessarily related to what's happening with the other movies and characters, so we're standalone in that respect. So I can just tell my story on its own without being affected too much, but at the same time, I have to be mindful of what's been happening. Um, it's a little bit more serious and we're dealing with issues like climate change. We're not afraid to lean into that in a big way because the Aquaman comic book, even way back when, has always been environmentally conscious. He's always been someone who's fought to keep the ocean clean and it feels more relevant in the world that we're living in today. So this movie has something to talk about, but it's still a fun action fantasy movie, unquote. So... It looks like Aquaman is just playing under the ocean. Not really understanding what's going on up on the surface. Um, But obviously we'll know when the movie releases this December. Uh, Moving on to the other half of the comic book world with the MCU. Spider-Man 4 or whatever it will be called. Tom Holland's fourth Spider-Man film has been put on hold. uh, In solidarity with the writers Guild of America Strike. Um... The Captain America 4 has a new title from New World Order. It is now being called Captain America Brave New World. Obviously, New World Order can get a little bit tricky with things like that. Um, Let me see. Spider-Man 4, Cap 4. Chris Hemsworth uh, was talking to several outlets about Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, he was speaking with GQ. And Chris Hemsworth kind of opened up about maybe why Thor, Love, and Thunder wasn't well-received. And uh, I, I think he made a good point. He said, quote, I think we had too much fun. It just became too silly. Uh, it's always hard being in the center of it and having any real perspective. I love the process. It's always a ride. But you just don't know how people are going to respond. Um, unquote. I liked Thor, Love, and Thunder. When it came out, and I think that might have been recency bias. As time has gone, has gone on, I've just kind of felt like it was just okay. Obviously, if they're having fun, I'm not going to be mad at it. But again, it did become too silly, and I that was one of the biggest complaints a lot of people had with it. And it, it's nice to see them acknowledge that. But at least they were having fun, and that that, like I said, is the key key thing here. Um. The Barbie movie, which comes out next month, same day as Oppenheimer, surprisingly, they needed so much pink paint to, you know, get the set painted that they caused an international shortage of pink paint. So, via architectural Architectural Digest uh, interview, they were speaking with Sarah Greenwood, who is the production designer on the film said that, quote, the world ran out of pink. <laughs> um, I wanted the pinks to be very bright and everything to be almost too much. Uh, oh, that was Greta Gerwig, Ger, Gerwig, excuse me, the director. But, yes, the the world ran out of pink, quote-unquote, Greenwood said. Um, because of the amount of paint needed, That there was uh, fl- fluorescent Roscoe paint. Um, they didn't want to use CGI, that they pretty much used all of the world's pink paint. I wonder how Mattel felt, because they probably needed it for new Barbie products. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse made $120.5 million in its opening weekend, one of the highest of the year, leading to a $208 million uh, worldwide total for opening weekend. Uh Hideyako Miyazaki's final Studio Ghibli film uh, has been announced. It will not have a trailer. It will not have marketing. It only has one poster. And uh, that will release later this year. Uh, talking about Disney now. Disney has announced that Hocus Pocus 3 is in development. I don't know how. There's no writing going on. And that... Pirates, A Pirates revival is their top priority. Um, Walt Studio Motion Picture Production President Sean Bailey, speaking with the New York Times, that uh, rebooting Pirates is the top priority for the company right now. And, uh, quote, We think we have a really good, exciting story that honors the films that have come before, but also has something new to say. Um, and non-committal at this point in regards when asked about Johnny Depp's return as Jack Sparrow. Um, Obviously, he walked away last year uh, during his lawsuit with uh, his ex-wife, Amber Heard. But we don't know if a sixth or seventh film will see the return of him or if it will be a full reboot. Um, But Disney wants that out now. Uh, on the other hand, we have also learned that Pixar had several layoffs at the company. And one of them that's floating around is in regard to the person that quote-unquote saved Toy Story 2. This is a popular story that has been floating around the internet for several years. We've learned, so 75 employees were laid off at Pixar. One of them was Galen Sussman, who has been with the company since it's early days in the 90s. uh, She is famous for, like I said, quote-unquote, saving Toy Story 2. However, as I've actually come to learn recently, this is not entirely the truth. So when you see articles saying Pixar laid off the person that saved Toy Story 2, uh, that's not being entirely truthful. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to paint it as, oh, look at what they do. They don't reward loyalty. Yes, it's unfortunate that someone that has been with the company that long was laid off, Fun fact, companies lay off older employees because they have higher salaries, um, but you lose experience, right? But in reality, as we've learned, that uh, the the copy that she actually saved was ultimately deleted again, but this time on purpose. So the story goes like this. Something was happening at Pixar. A version of Toy Story 2 was accidentally deleted. But Sussman, who had been working at home on maternity leave, actually had a copy of the film and uh, was able to save it. But what the rest of the story is that is now coming out is that the version she saved was the purported direct-to-video sequel that was ultimately scrapped and completely redone. And uh, the movie that we got released in theaters was not the version that Sussman saved. So while yes she did save a copy of Toy Story 2, she did not save the one that ultimately released in theaters. So yes, she's somewhat of a hero, but not the hero the internet would like you to believe she is. So while it's unfortunate she did lose her job, she is not the savior we all believe her to be. Um, And uh, also, before we get to the Spider-Verse review, Universal has announced a 30th anniversary 4k release of Jurassic Park that is now available to pre-order. That is it for movie news. If you guys want to stick around for my across the spider reverse review you can. otherwise always remember follow us on social media at the Nick at Nixner News or myself at the Nick Defalco. Check out our website. make sure to follow like subscribe on your preferred pl- podcast platform of choice. Again, we're on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Stick around. We are going to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. All right, so you stuck around for the Across the Spider-Verse review. Well, before I go too deep, I will say this. It is amazing. And it expands upon the great art style the first film had. It, it explores like so many different art styles. It is a visually stunning film. And I, I don't I don't like I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. This movie is a gorgeous movie. Um, I did though run across some of the sound issues that, that some people have mentioned online. About uh, the film, depending on the type of screening you're at, that it, um, it it's hard to hear a little bit in in the movie, um, but most mostly I, I didn't have any issues. There were good funny jokes. Uh, the story makes sense. Um, it, it's not what you you expect. It 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 is definitely a very hard part two of or part one of a of a two part movie. Um, but I cannot wait for part three, which is beyond the Spider-Verse, but I, I will say this, Across the Spider-Verse is nothing I ever expected, and it, it literally takes the multiverse approach to the next level, which we've had a lot of multiverse, uh, films <laughs> as of late, uh, they kind of all started with, uh, Multiverse of Madness, right, um, and, Obviously, we're still getting one more with the Flash next week, but it it is it is a great film. The story is it is a fast paced movie and a slow paced movie at the same time, right? And the the ads do not the the ads do a perfect way of conveying what you don't expect um, with with how the movie paces itself. There are, are parts that you expect to be earlier in the movie, and they're actually towards the end. Um, everyone shines in the movie. Shameik Moore is is great as Miles. Uh, Oscar Isaac, amazing as... as. Uh, uh, um, why can't I think of his name? He's Spider-Man 2099. He is... Uh, wow. Um... Wow, uh, Miguel. Miguel O'Hara. Jesus Christ. Um, but I am happy to report there are a ton of Easter eggs as well to look out for. And if you know anything about New York, the movie is is even funnier. And there are really fun things to look out for, especially all the different spider people. I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, hell, there's even... There's even, a, a, Genki is playing Spider-Man 2 on a PS5 in this movie. Which, again, doesn't make any sense. But, but <laughs> yes, there is a, a scene, if you're paying attention, there is a clip of Genki playing Spider-Man 2 on a PS5 in the movie. Even though the game doesn't come out for several months. There are... Spider-Man references to live-action Spider-Man. There's references to Spider-Man cartoons saying they all exist essentially in in this multiverse, in this Spider-Verse. There's a mention of, you know, not even Multiverse of Madness, but Spider-Man No Way Home. And we get to see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. There's a scene where the Spot, who is played perfectly by Jason Schwartzman... Who goes into like the Venom universe. I fully expect the third film to incorporate every major Spider-Man I think that we're aware of. I think we're going to have live action Spider-Man. I think we are going to have uh, Eddie Brock Venom. I feel like they're going to bring in some of the Spider-Man cartoon versions. Uh, Of course I'm speculating but it would make sense that they did. Given the Beyond the Spider Verse title, right, but across the Spider Verse is fun because of of us. It introduces us right to this multiverse, essentially. Um, the The cameos are perfect and spot on. The different art styles for the different universes is amazing. I loved M- Mumbatan, which is like the the Spider Man of India. Uh, and played perfectly by Karen Sony, I think Prviter Pravakar Pravakar. Uh, it just it, it the movie is so good, it exceeded my expectations to the nth degree. I loved Into the Spider Verse, the first one. Across the Spider Verse is better in my opinion because Miles is a little older. He is growing more into it. We get this antagonistic role from another Spider-Man... Who should be a hero. And they're not acting like the heroes. Um, Haley Steinfeld shines as Gwen Stacy once again. And I I almost want to... I care more about her character than I do Miles at some point. it, It is... It is such a great movie. And, and it builds upon the character arcs... That were set up in the first film. Which... You always want in a sequel, right? You don't want things to either fall flat or go back to status quo or kind of just forget whatever happened in the first film. This movie does not, especially for an animated kids' movie, air quotes, you know. But it is something worth going to see in the theaters because of its visual stunningness. Because it is such a fun movie that you definitely don't want to miss. The soundtrack is on point again. Um, It does end on a cliffhanger. There are no after-credit scenes, but it is definitely setting up what will be a great conclusion, uh, and I hope hope it picks up essentially where it left off, but Across the Spider-Verse, do not sleep on it. It is a solid 10 out of 10 for me. So far, 2023 has been a great, great year for movies. And I'm so happy. I'm hoping, hoping Transformers Rise of the Beast does not disappoint. I'm planning on seeing that this weekend. And then of course we'll have The Flash next week. Which already looks to be shaping up to one of the highest critically reviewed DCU movies. So, uh, like I said, 10 out of 10 for Spider-Man Across the Universe. Definitely go check it out. Visually stunning. Continues the great character arcs from the first movie and sets up a what could be potentially an amazing part three. Um, but that is it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys again. I will catch you guys on the flip side.